the Bolam suspended the the Bolam suspended the rule of 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 Teva and he he allowed us he allowed us he allowed us the possibility to go beyond it and um that that's the first thing we need to recognize the first thing we need to recognize is and this is the whole cloud of the ramban the cloud of the ramban is that there's ain't ever that even though we appear to live in a world where there's such a um solid strong predictable nature of cause and effect to the degree that we can study science and come up with theories and we come, come up with hypotheses. And from witnessing the physical world, we can come up with elaborate theories, which when they put into practice, work. So the world is a very sophisticated set of complex cause and effect, which works. And we can derive rules from it. And the whole of science is based on it. There's a Ramban, that entire thing is just, it's sad. It's not a reality. It's sad that the Borolam wants. He's saying, in general, this is the way I want it to work. When I decide otherwise, so it completely breaks down everything. So one of the things that I think we're privy to experience now is that expected is not always the guaranteed. And this is a massive chiluk. That the chiluk between seeing teva as a tzad and seeing teva as a metzius is how seriously we take any um, deviation. What would be if it broke the rules? So, so let's, let's just think about this in two ways. When a person lives in the world of Teva, I'll call it an unfiltered experience of life, an unmodified, a, a stum experience of life. So there's two middas which come up. Um, one middha is expectation, and the other middha is despair. And I'll show how those two middhas work together. When a person lives in an unfiltered experience of the world, what happens is he relates to the world with expectation that things are as they are and they'll continue to be that way. He kind of has a predictable set of cause and effect. And if he's healthy, so he'll continue to be healthy. And if he's wealthy, he'll continue to be wealthy. If there's a turn of time and he falls into sickness or into poverty, so then the opposite, but really the same point but the opposite direction, he'll think, well, I'll never be, I'll never be wealthy and I'll never be well because the despair sets in. So really, in an unfiltered experience of life, we latch on to the current experience and we project it forward ahead of us, assuming that we'll maintain. And when it doesn't, so that creates the trauma and then we fall into that same trap but in the opposite direction. So the person who's wealthy sits on top of the world, um, completely complacent about wealth in a, like a parodied sense. And then when wealth is lost, he feels completely destroyed by the world and he can't bring himself up. In the, in the advanced, in the, in, in, in the Vedic sense, there's actually two middas which are seemingly contradictory and they both address these two issues. The one middah is Yira and the one middah is Bitochen. And the Chayra, Yira and Bitochen are steerers because if I'm scared, I can't be sure. And if I'm sure, I'm not going to be scared. And we have to deal with there's a mile of, of Yerushalayim is the biggest mile, and Bitochen is the biggest mile. But they start, they see, they say to one another, how can you have Bitochen and have Yira? If I have Bitochen, I mean, I'm okay with whatever happens to me. 
and I've got nothing to be scared of. If I have Yira, I mean, I could be scared. There's a basic level of Yira. The basic level of Yira is Yira Sa'inesh. Yira Sa'inesh means I'm scared of bad things happening to me. It's a very normal, natural fear. And it's the stepping stone. In fact, Rabbi Shah Salanta said, it's the level that we're trying to get to is the basic fear of, of, of Yira Sa'inesh. That's what we're trying to do. So one second. If I've got Yira Sa'inesh, it means that I'm scared of what's going to happen to me. So how can it be talking? And if I've got Bitochen, which means I'm okay, I'm, I feel safe, so then how can I be scared? So Rabbi Yerucham actually put these two things together, and he says a very, a very interesting chap. He says, Be'etzim, the makor of, of Yira and the makor of Bitochen is one makor. But I, I'll give it a shtikal atama. Time to it. Like this. Lahatim is we know that there's two basic needs that we have in life. We have a need to be worthy and we have a need to have meaning. We need to feel that my life is worthy, that I am something and I need to be able to give something to the world. I need to contribute something larger than myself. I've got these two disparate koiches inside of myself. One of those koiches, the need for meaning, is actually a way of saying yira. What does yira mean? Even Yeris Oynish. Yeris Oynish means my actions make a difference to the world. And me making a mistake or fixing up something has a huge impact. And the greater my level of Yeris mine, the more I feel that I am important in the world because me doing or not doing is going to make a massive difference. And therefore, I become scared to make a mistake because I recognize the power of my being. So Yeris Oynish is coming to, to grips with the fact that I'm a meaningful person in this world, meaning my life has meaning, my life has importance, my life has worthiness to it. What I do is crucial. And if I don't do it, there will be consequences. It's like the difference between a janitor and a president. A janitor weighs his every, um, sorry, a president weighs his every word because one wrong word can spur an entire domestic conflict, which, is, which could theoretically lead to a war, a war and the loss of lives. Whereas a janitor who has, doesn't have a level of responsibility, so even a massive mess up in the bigger picture is a tiny little thing. So we are essentially presidents. Mamnechas Kohenim the Great Kaddish. And everything we do has a dramatic impact on the, on, on, on the cosmos, on the spiritual world. Every, every brocha, every maisa, every tefillah, every mitzvah, it all has an impact. And that's why, you know, like uh, Svarim, Svarim like Nefesh Achaim and the Chazish Svarim, try to bring this godless into us and recognizing that just a tiny movement of thought has already a major impact in the, in the world. So the step number one is the cognizance, the awareness of that my Yerushalayim is recognizing that my life is a huge difference to the world. It makes a huge difference to the world. And every single thing I do and every single thought I think and word I say and deed makes a huge difference to the world. And that's your Shemayim. And when I mess up, I think this is a problem. Now, what does that lead me to do in terms of the expectation of the continuation of the life around me? It's completely up for grabs. Since I'm aware that I'm constantly messing up, I'm not always doing the right thing, so it could be that all the shepherd that the Boyer brings me, he makes it take away from me. Why may he take it away from me? Because there's consequences to my actions. And he may take it away from me to make me have the realization that I have to really adjust and do things in a very different way. So therefore, there's no expectation of status quo. 
In other words, in the world of Yira, I have no idea what's going to be tomorrow. In the world of Yira, who knows? Because I can't rely on myself. I realize I'm fallible and how fragile and how, how faulted I am. So I don't, I don't have any expectation of anything coming my way. So the world of Yira is exactly the opposite perspective to the world with no Yira. The world with no Yira is, I have this, I'm going to always have this. Why not? And in the world of Yira is, I have this, not, first of all, I don't know how I'm going to have it, but also in terms of how do I feel about having it? I feel about having it, what I feel is I feel empowered. I feel the Bayerim is giving it to me for a reason, to use. And if I'm not using it, he may take it away. So the way I respond to the koiches that are given to me, whether they be koiches in wealth or koiches in health or koiches in everything else, is I say, this is an opportunity for me to move forward in the direction of my meaning and my purpose. And as long as I'm doing that in an effective way, Gavaldi, and if I'm not, the Bayerim is going to coach me back onto the path, perhaps by removing it. So I have no continued expectation of anything being, being, being um, set because I know I'm in always fluidity and the Bayerim is going to respond to my actions with his ashkocha. He may take away, he may give. I don't know. It's all up for grabs. There's no vadai projection. That's in the world of Yira. And that's coming from the perspective of I need meaning in my life. I need to feel that my life is important. And without that, I might as well die. And that's, you know, the famous uh, Victor Frankl's man search for meaning that in, the, in Auschwitz, the, 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 the inmate who he saw from his experience would have a chance of surviving were people who lived for a purpose. They were, had something to live for. We have something to live for. It literally gives us our life. So we need to have a meaning, which means we need to have Yer Shemaim for our life. We have to recognize that if I do or don't do, it has a consequence. And that makes me more alive, more engaged, more aware of what I've been given, and less expectant of a continuation of just because I had it yesterday doesn't mean I'm going to have it tomorrow. Because tomorrow my avoid it could change. I'm always in flux. That's on the one perspective. That's Yira. What's Bitochen? So Bitochen is coming from a very different side. Bitochen is coming from the side is that just like the Borah Olim is a Melech, and Melech means he wants something from me. I'm an Eved and he's a Melech. He's also an Av. And the Father has an unconditional love. His love is not preconditioned on anything. He loves me because he loves me. That's my worth. My worth comes from the fact that whether I do good or I do bad, whether I succeed or fail, I'm always worthy. The bankach, the bankach, bonnie man. The Bayram loves me regardless. He'll always love me. If I'm the biggest Rosh or the biggest Sadiq, he'll always love me. When I have that, that's a bitochen. Because I can say to Bayram, I know I messed up, but I know you love me. Please save me. And then if I always feel assured that even though he's going to test me, he only always wants the best for me. So the test is only to bring out my godless. So behind the Yerasa Oenesh, I've got a deeper Avas Hashem, Emunah Bitochen, which allows me to recognize that failures are just a part of the process and I can pick myself up. What gives me the courage to pick myself up after I feel that I failed? It's a matter that the burial still loves me. And I'm still worthy. And I'm worthy because I'm worthy, not because of what I do. What I do is what I need to do with my life. It's really important and that's valuable. But it's all only for me. So we've got these two middas. We've got a middah of Yira and we've got a middah of Bitochen. Both those middas focus on the Klal of the Ramban. I'll give you an example. Chizkiyah HaMelech, and this, this is the example of Yeruchim brings. Chizkiyah HaMelech has a Navi, uh, has a Nevoah. The Nevoah says, Chizkiyah, Yermiah uh, comes up to him, he says, you're going to die. You're going to die. So what does Chizkiyah do? Now he's, got a, he's having a Nevoah, 
which means it's, it's emes coming from Kilu, the, 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 the mouth of the Bera Olam, giving a nevoah uh, that tells you you're going to die. So what do you do? So I would say, okay, well, you say vidui, you know, you say shema. Chizkiah goes and davens. And he says, kach mukublani mi beis abba. Afilu cherev chada munachas al tzavari shel adam. Even if a sharp sword, a sharp sword means that it's muchan to kill. It's right there. It's, it's on the verge. And it's munachas al tzavari shel adam. Al tiziyash minapuranus. Don't get disturbed. You don't have to worry. You can daven. And she's got daven. You get saved. But with overs. In other words, the klal of both Yira and Bitochen is the same. Nothing is fixed. Everything is a response to us. And that's what the Borealim taught us in Yitzhak Mizraim. Yitzhak Mizraim was the ultimate demonstration. Is It was the beginning of the yachas between us and the Borealim in an intimate sense. We say... And the Evan Ezra asked, why do you turn to Sibras? Why do we say, why don't we relate to the Boreolam as a Bria? Sorry, relate to the Boreolam as a Mashkiach. Because our fundamental relation with the Boreolam is a connection to him. And the connection to him means we're clocked into this intimate relationship which completely and totally transcends Teva. And the whole limud of the Esamachus in Yeritzia's Mitzrayim was twofold. There is no teva, but not only there's no teva, stam. There's no teva. What is there? There's a yachas. And everything else in the creation dances to the rhythm of that yachas. Everything is about how we respond to the Ba'olam and how he's responding to us. And everything else is secondary to that. That is a primary thing. And the way that the world works is like that. And now you see what the Gemara says, that ain't Puranos Baal Olam Ela Bishwil Yisrael. That everything that happens in the world is only to assist us in the, co- in, in the connection and the cohesion in this relationship. So, what's fascinating about the time that we're living in is that Kiviachal the Baal Olam has given us a sneak preview behind the curtains. Because two months ago, one month ago, if we would have anticipated the life that we're living, um, you know, my, my sister sent me a uh, sent me a, a funny, a funny, uh, a funny WhatsApp. She says, "I was lying in the bed, and the computer was next to me. I thought to myself, hmm, is he my husband? Because I'm not quite sure. Because everything has become virtual. So, like, she thought, is he my husband, or is my husband like a real person? And like, the classic thing is now, now when people people get dressed, you don't realize that this is what I'm wearing. But really, I'm wearing shorts underneath this." <laughs> because everyone only has to like be able to be visible from the top upwards because now we're living we're living a virtual reality so we're living a reality which is completely un- unanticipated we couldn't have guessed and it, it's the the predictions moving forward we have no idea we have no idea what the global impact will be we have no idea what the personal impact will be we're completely and totally lost it's kibiyotu the boy olam and say the cause and effect that you relied on so heavily doesn't exist so now, the first part of the assumption that things are good, they will be good, is taken away. So now, how do we respond to the fact that they've been taken away from us? So now, there's two approaches. There's the approach of bitochen, that I know the Borolam can save me from anything, and just like things can go bad, they can go good, and they can go good overnight. And I also realize that this is happening to me for a reason. And just like it's happening to the world for the reason, 
each and every individual in that world also has to respond to the reason that it's happening to me in my world with my things and the horrors that I have. So I'll, I'll give you a few examples of this Yisrael Mitzrayim. Um, this Ka'enyatis Mitzrayim. So now that the world stopped working, so what does, it, what does it tell me? It tells me that, you know what? These human constructs are actually, uh, are actually not strong at all. They just like, there's, there's a Lashon in the Twila of Rosh Hashanah, that the Rishos will disappear like smoke. And when you think about that image of how flimsy smoke is, and it can just get blown away by the wind. If you would have said three weeks ago, four weeks ago, that the entire financial structure, all the major industries, the airline industries of the world, will be almost without exception completely bankrupt, I would say to you, no, it can't happen that quickly. There's no way. There's no way the world can collapse in a couple of weeks. It will take years to undo the things that have been built and literally just disappeared. And um, so now that's, in a way, a hachana for Yetzirah Mitzrayim, because Yetzirah Mitzrayim is a recognition that ain't tevo min olam klau. And there's only a relationship between us and the Bore Olam. And what we're trying to do in that relationship is develop a intimate connection. And the intimate connection has got two sides to it. The one is Avinu, the, the father who loves us and cherishes us and unconditionally supports us. And the other one is Malkenu, but he wants us also to participate so that we're not just accepting the Nahamadi Kasufa with no, with no possibility of, of actually activating our own personal talents and koiches in the world. So those are the two things that make up the relationship. The one thing which makes up the relationship is the unconditional love that's constant and irrevocable. And the other thing which makes up the relationship is the constant demand for connection in terms of giving up of ourselves for the Bura And that's, that's our purpose. When the Ramchal describes the purpose of the world, he says that So when the Ramchal points, he says all the Bura wants he just wants us to connect to him. And every part of the avoid that we're doing is just a hechitimtze for that. So here we have <clears throat> almost immaculately timed an opportunity to be misbeining on the Bayer Olam's shlita on the Bria and to recognize that really the word, the ain't teva, the, the lashon of the, of the Ramban is beautiful. Ain't teva, he says two things, and I think we can have perhaps the new, new aura. Um, I'm just going to find it in his lashon. Mm. Ah, 
So this is his lashon. He says, and from these great and powerful miracles, they bring you to be made on the hidden miracles. Said, it says the Ramban, the person can't be connected to Torah until he understands, believes that they all got the same quality as a nace. Um, that there's no teva min hagashul olam. So I always wonder what, what's this double lotion? Ain't teva min hagashul olam. So the chorus is two things. Teva is the natural world, and min is the way the world runs. We are seeing the chayyeh primarily the second stage. There's no min hagashul olam. The world doesn't have to go in a particular way. Just because we've seen infrastructure set up, those infrastructures can crumble very, very quickly. And there's no min hagashul olam. There's, there's still, we still see a certain teva, but the minhagashul olam is completely gone. So once we recognize this, el imyase mitzvahs yatslichenes you do the mitzvahs so your schar will create yatslocham, vimyavar aleim yachrisen oinsho, and if you don't, so then the oinsho come. Hakol the gzeres elyon kaishiskar tikva. So this is amazing, it's amazing, it's soid. And this is what the Ramban says is the story of Kolator Kula. The story of Kolator Kula is this Emunah. The Emunah that there's ain't Teva min Hagashul Olam Kral. And the entrance point to have a Shaykhis to Torah is letting go. Letting go of my expectation that the world's going to go in a particular way, but being open and flexible to everything that the Bayer throws in my direction. Now, how does this work for me? So I'll just share with you something which was a massive conflict for me over Shabbos. Um, you know, I think if you understand how quickly COVID spreads, so it's probably not wise to, to have these minyanim that people were having in their, in their backyard. So we had a minion, we had a minion in our backyard. And you know, it's outside and people try to keep space. And I thought coming into Shabbos, there are a lot of postkins, especially the postkin in America, where it's like really at maybe a more advanced stage, are saying, don't go near anyone. Stay away. So here I was, and there was a minion literally 10 meters away from me, davening, betzibul, with all the milers. And should I stay at home and daven, or should I join in the minion? And it was a really, really tough shikola das, and I decided to stay at home. And I davened betzibul. And um, I saw now Reb Chaim Kanievsky's come out. He's saying that there should be no davening You should all daven b'yechidus. But it was inevitable that it was going to happen because it's really how the thing spreads. It was a really hard decision for me to make. But how did I feel when I davened in yechidus? It was the most um, liberating experience. I discovered a whole new koyachatfile inside of me because suddenly when no one was no one was watching, I came into my bedroom and I davened the way I wanted to daven. I davened, which was, you know, like, it's strange, but I, it was, there was no pace that I had to keep up to. There was no chazan that I had to keep pace with. I could just speak to the Baralom. And I thought to myself, do you know what? This is, this is like real davening. And then I had another aura. I, I don't know what the Baralom wants from everyone, but I think what the Baralom wants from me is he wants me to stop playing the game 
of just kind of towing the party line and being like, you know, I mean, davening, so I daven, and I have to daven, keep you, they have to daven 15 minutes. Why? Because 15 minutes is Pesukizimah. Is, is, maybe my, my, my Kuecha Nefesh needs to daven seven minutes Pesukizimah or 25 minutes Pesukizimah. So he's saying to me, you've lost yourself. You've lost yourself. Go back to your home, stay there, and discover who you are. When I recognize that, then I'm saying, I'm taking the events that are occurring and I'm processing them in terms of what does this mean for my avoider? Now, I can think what this means because this is not only my avoider, this is avoider for the, for the, whole, the whole world, but I'm sure it impacts every person in a different way. But when you do that, so then there's nothing, the, 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 the comfort in my life comes from not the fragile constructions of minhagashal olam, of the way the world works. The comfort in my life comes from the connection to the Ba'olam, which is absolutely um, constant. Well, that's what we're trying to get over here. We're trying to get a constant in our lives. How can our lives be constant? There's an absolute unknown, unpredictable future. The answer is, well, where's, where, does, where, does the, where does the constant come? Is the constant in my life the Ba'olam and Avoida? Or is the constant in life all the trappings that surround me. So the whole soil of Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim is the trappings can disappear. I'm like, I was actually imagining, like imagining like what would happen if, you know, like your, 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 your Mitzri in the, in the first Makkah of Dam. Imagine like what kind of headlines would be hitting the paper. It would probably say like, you know, the Niles turned to, to blood. We have to do something about this. We're trying to think about importing water from, from I don't know, from Turkey, from Syria. We don't know what's happened. There's obviously something's occurred. And, you know, there is these rumors that say it's supernatural. But they probably responded to it in a way that they fought it. And they don't want to let go. And I don't know if that's plot as we, as we kind of, with new insight, reread the, the response of the Khartoum Paroi. Why, why were, the, why were Paroi, Paroi's Khartoumim so, so, so keen to reproduce the nice, the, the macro that Moshe did? Well, why did it bother them? So he did it. And they, they were doing it all kishuf. Why do they want to do it? It could be because they wanted to show that nothing's changed. We have the status quo. Don't think that anything's, anything's open for, for change over here. So I thought that's a a, a domain to our work for Yetzirah Mitzrayim is recognizing that, and we can do it so powerfully now that we have the time, the space, and the shift in the world, which is so dramatic, that there is no longer any minhavashal olam. So it's, it's trying to, to use us as a, a platform and a lens for avoida of reflecting on what the Bayer wants from me. And just like it says with Ryan, he did it for a purpose. And the Ramban says it was to teach us that that's what he wants from us. And in the Lashon of the Ramban is it's all taller on our hogger towards him. It's taller on our connection. Mitzvah is It's all tough to Lashon connection, how we connect to the Bayer So that's, I thought, uh, a brief Akdama. Any, yeah, let's open it up for discussion. What are you guys saying? I, uh, I definitely think this idea of now we realize that the status quo can change in a second. This is like life changing. And it's in a way, I think we should realize it's a for us to witness that because probably in most generations of Jewish history, Yidden did not get a demonstration of this. So it was a belief that we were able to have. We tried to believe, yes, this is an illusionary world and 
everything could change in a second, Mashiach could come in a second. Without having this hands-on experience of this, we were limited, I, I, at least for me, I was limited in my true belief. Yeah, I knew it in my brain, I never felt it like this. Now, like, I feel we can't go back from this. You can't undo the coronavirus. You can't undo this demonstration of this concept that really cool and ka'ashen tichlen in a second. It's really incredible. Yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's like, oh, well, like, it's taking time to, to, to really kind of, taking us all like in time to digest. But it's like happening so fast, it's almost like the, there's, a back, there's, a, there's a lag in terms of like, this is actually really happening. This is actually happening. Right. right. Which is why like, yeah, if it would have gone away in a week, it wouldn't have given the same lesson. Like I feel in a way, in a way I'm like kind of happy it's still going because I still have time to internalize this. And I mean, yeah, it's like it's, it's a double-edged sword because on the one hand, there's like there's such tragedy going on. I think there's like so much healing. You know, like it seems like everyone's healing, like the world's stopping and people are getting back to basics and uh, getting back to like just, you know, discovering who we are. And, and you know, I think that's good. Great. Anyone else? Any horrors, Shilas? Mm, no. So one more thing. So the, the idea is that um, the, the, the connection to Yetzirah Mitzrayim is that the site of Mitzrayim was that there was all this Shebud for hundreds of years and then it, it probably seemed like it was never going to end and then all of a sudden the Teva changed and that's, and that's the connection you're bringing here as well? Say that again, say that again. The connection to Yetzirah Mitzrayim is that in Yetzirah Mitzrayim they had a similar problem where they had hundreds of years of Shebud with no end in sight. And then all of a sudden, the Teva changed and everything changed in an instant. And they got the, the Makis and they were able to come out. Right. In other words, it was from the experience, they saw that the problem is Shailet on this. And you mean Shailet on this. And then Shailet on this. Until the kind of the, the, the takeaway was, ah, oh, the problem is Shailet on the whole world. And that was their, their rising up to different Madragas. Until they saw the Baron Taki, he controls every breath that we take. Right. Okay. Well. Okay, good, Rabbi. So thank you for your attendance. And really look forward to seeing you again on Tuesday. Tuesday. Thank you, Rabbi Nuf. Very nice. Shukach to you. Bye,